the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God was like, enough already. Did you all forget that you were all born into slavery? Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbert. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, log on to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Hey, today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 18. I entitled this message, A Sensible Use of Time. Have you ever been overloaded with things that you have to do? Of course you have. Maybe your job is overwhelming at times, or maybe you volunteered for something that turned into something much more than you thought. Like when our daughter became a Girl Scout, you know, we went to a meeting and they were looking for cookie parents. These are parents that will take care of all the Girl Scout cookies for the whole troop. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, how hard could that be? So I volunteered to be cookie parents. Oh my goodness, where to keep track and distribute all the cookies for the whole trip. What a complete and total nightmare it turned into. Because you would hand out all these cookies and then you had to collect the money. Then you go to this like this nine year old Girl Scout. Hey, so like where's the money? Uh, this is all I have. Uh, well, that's for like five cases. You took 10 cases. I don't know. Well, I don't know where to. Did you eat them? I mean, where are the cookies? I mean, it's like you felt like Guido trying to squeeze money out of a nine-year-old. Oh, it was a total nightmare. Yes, yeah, sometimes committing to help out can turn into more than we expected. I wonder if you've ever found yourself in a similar situation where you're just overcommitted and overwhelmed. Well, I'm sure we all have our stories, and as we look into the book of Exodus here today, as you listen here on the radio, Moses found himself a little overwhelmed and overcommitted. It seemed like he was digging himself deeper and deeper into an endless pit, and that didn't seem like it was ever going to be a way out for him. Now, some of you might wonder, well, what pit was Moses in? What did he fall into? Well, as you know, we've seen already in previous studies, you know, here at Core Church Los Angeles, you know, God's people who he delivered, you know, out of Egypt had done nothing more than gripe and complain about, let me see, everything. It's what happens to people when they're spoiled. They lose their motivation. They lose their drive, and they expect others to make everything work for them. Yet that only enables people to stay in the same pit that they've always been used to getting served in. That's why sometimes as parents, we can make mistakes in helping our kids too much. Sometimes you got to let them face the consequences. Sometimes you got to let it not work out for them so that they don't get spoiled and always come back to you 
to bail them out. Yes, that's what happens when you help someone a little too much. They expect you to get them out of all the dirty work. You know, always expecting you to come through when they don't come through. Yes, in our home, when we were raising our kids, we had four kids, and there was an age of grace, I used to call it, up until they turned seven years old. And then after that, when you turn seven, you got chores. That's right. You're doing the dishes, you're vacuuming, you're dusting, you're cleaning the bathrooms, you're helping doing everything that has to happen in the home. And for my son, it was mowing and taking care of the lawn. He didn't even have to wash the cars occasionally. Yes, it's called, hey, listen, you're part of this family and you're going to help out by doing your share. This was all done to train up our children with responsibility, to train them to have respect, to know how to conduct themselves in life, and to give them a strong work ethic. And all four of my kids, I can say this, they're all grown up now, they all have a really strong work ethic. And let me just say this, if you're a Christian, you should have a strong work ethic. And if you don't, something's wrong with that. You know, I always say that a Christian should be the highest paid person at any job. Why? Because you should be working harder than anyone. You should have an attitude that says, I want to do my job as under the Lord. And get this, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't be calling in sick if you're not sick. Just saying, anyway, when you're the hardest working employee and you don't call in sick, you don't steal from the boss, all of these things, you're honest and hardworking, guess what? You end up getting the promotion. Why? Because you deserve it. Man, that's why we're so blessed here, you know, with our kids. And when they started helping out and working hard around the home, yes, we wanted to give them the coolest toys and clothe them well. That is, as long as they were showing respect to their mother, because if they didn't show respect to their mother, all the bets were off. Because I would tell my kids, hey, listen, you might think you have the right to talk to your mother that way. But guess what? Your mother is my wife, and you're not going to talk to them that way. Yes, but getting back to our text here today here on the radio, it's been a one-way street from the time that the children of Israel have come out of Egypt. And all they've done is complain. Instead of being faithful, they were fearful. Instead of believing, they doubted. Instead of being thankful, they were whining. Instead of being happy, they were miserable. Yes, all they talked about was, I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, are we almost there? I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, excuse me, I put the bathroom part in there, but you get the point. God was like, enough already. Did you all forget that you were all born into slavery? And that I stepped in and broke the back of your oppressors? That God utterly destroyed Egypt and you know, for all that they had done to the children of Israel. See, it's a good thing that I'm not God, because I would have just roasted this bunch of ungrateful people. After delivering them, they're going to do this? For all their criticizing and second-guessing Moses? You know, I just would have roasted them all. But thank God for all of us, I'm not God, and he's a lot more gracious than I am. But didn't they realize when they were second-guessing Moses, they were really just second-guessing God himself? Yes, but in all reality, it kind of sounds like a lot of us here today. Even, you know, we whine and we complain. 
You know, there's rarely things that we can agree on. We don't like listening to others. And again, we complain about so many things. I remember a complaining customer one time when I worked at this hot dog joint out here in California called Winter Snitzel. And he came to the window, you know, and well, not the window. I was working a little speaker. He was in the drive-thru and he's like, hey, let me tell you. Every time I come in here, I want extra onions on my chili dog. Then he's just going on and on. How come you never put extra onions on? I want extra onions. Now, let me just say, this is B.C. This is before Christ, okay? And I said, sir, I will personally make your hot dog. I'm like 16 years old. So I went over. I made the chili dog, and I reached both my hands into the can of onions. I put so many onions on the thing. When I wrapped it up, it was like six inches in diameter. It looked like a giant sub, and I gave it to him. That guy's going to think one of two things when he opened it up. All right, it's about time they put extra onions on, or he's going to think, what a jerk. I don't know. But see, sometimes when people complain, you just can't take it anymore. Well, today, uh, we're going to consider this thought in light of our title here, A Sensible Use of Time, A Time for Family. So let's read what it says here. I'll read it to you. You know, if you're driving, you keep your eyes on the road. I'll do the reading here. Exodus 18, verse 1 says, Now Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard all that God had done for Moses and for Israel, his people, and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. So Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took Moses' wife, Zipporah, after he had sent her away, and her two sons, to whom he named Gershom, for Moses said, I have been a sojourner in the foreign land. And the other was named Eliezer, uh, for he said, the God of my father and my help, and he delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. So then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he has camped at the Mount of God. And he sent word to Moses, hey, I'm here. I'm come to you with your wife and your sons. Then Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, and he bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other their welfare, and they went in to the tent. Well, we'll stop there for a minute. So here we have Moses. Now, he had sent his wife and children back to her dad when he was going in and doing the work that God wanted him to do in delivering the people out of Egypt. Now, when exactly did this happen? Well, we're not really totally sure, but it could have happened after the incident back in chapter 4 of Exodus. That's when God was getting ready to take Moses out. For Moses was rebelling against what God had commanded him to do. You're thinking like, wait a second, wasn't it Moses that was, you know, saying, I don't want to go in. I don't want to be the one that you used to deliver his people. Moses had like five excuses to the Lord, like, no, I don't want to go in. Send somebody else. And God finally talks him into going. So then right after he talks him into going in chapter four, God's ready to kill him because he did not obey what God had told him to do. And what was that? Genesis 17, Abraham was told that every male would be set apart to the Lord because they were to be circumcised on the eighth day. Moses was circumcised, but maybe because he was raised in Egypt, he didn't see the need to circumcise his two sons. His firstborn in verse 3 was named Gershom, which means a stranger here. For Moses had just fled from Egypt and was living in the wilderness of Midian. And that's when he married Zipporah, you know, his wife, obviously. So he felt like a stranger in a new land. 
Well, his second son was named Eliezer, and that means, my God is my help. So this shows the growth in Moses from his first son to his second son. Remember, when he first fled Egypt, he thought they were going to come after him and kill him, but they didn't. And by the birth of his second son, he realized that God had truly delivered him from the sword of Pharaoh. But the incident back in Genesis 4 was God's angry at Moses for not circumcising his two sons. And that's when he got into what appeared to be, if you read chapter 4, into an extremely heated argument with his wife. And guess what? His wife was right. The boys needed to be circumcised. And she took a knife and she did it herself right there in chapter 4. Now, it's like, just get this picture. You've got the two boys sitting there. Okay, they're not like little kids anymore. I mean, they could be preteens at this point, okay? And you got mom and dad screaming at each other, veins popping out of their neck. Mom is so mad at, at her husband, Moses, at your dad. And then she says, fine, I'll do it myself. She goes over to the boys and she grabs a flint knife. Drop your drawers. It's like you're thinking, hey, mom, maybe you want to cool down before you do this surgery here on me. I don't know. I wasn't there. We'll have to get a replay of it when we get to heaven. But it was a pretty crazy situation. Then she circumcises the two boys right on the spot. And she throws the foreskin at the feet of Moses and said, you are a bridegroom of blood to me. Probably thinking, well, God was going to kill Moses. And because of that disobedience is going to leave her as a widow with two boys. Wow. Is that not crazy or what? You're thinking, you know, Pastor, you are on the radio right now, but we are talking about what happened in the scripture here. And that's what Core Church Los Angeles is all about. Not always talking about circumcision, that is, but going over the Word of God in detail. See, because the Word of God's not always what you want to hear, but it's always what you need to hear. And it's like there's principles that God establishes in the Scripture that you only get those principles— when you study the Word. And that's why we're reflecting back on Exodus 4, because it's like God. when God says to do something, we are to do it. It doesn't always have to make sense to us. It doesn't always have to like connect all the dots. It doesn't always have to, you know, make sense in our own mind and our own brain. If God says it, we are simply called to do it. And that reminds me of what sin is. You know, whatever was sin 3,500 years ago is still sin today. Sometimes people today will say, well, I don't have to obey this. We're in the 21st century now, and I don't have to do this. It's like, okay, hold on a second. The only thing that God relieved us of in his word is he says that we're not bound to a dietary law anymore, and we're not bound to the Sabbath being on only one day. And so, you know, other than that, I mean, all the laws of God, they are still firmly in place. There's not like, you know, you cast off the Ten Commandments. It's not like you cast off, in fact, in the Torah, the Pentateuch, the law of God, it's like there's 613 laws. You don't just cast all these things off. So anyway, that's why here at Core Church Los Angeles, we do expository Bible teaching. We go book by book, you know, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Right now on Sunday mornings, we're going through the book of Exodus. This is why I'm looking in Exodus here today. This is just one of the studies we did on a Sunday morning. And so I want you to know that if you're not plugged in with a church that's teaching through the Bible, if you're not being convicted of sin in your life ever, like here's an example. You got some kind of sin in your life. You go to church every Sunday. It's never talked about. So there's never any uh, conviction in your life. There's never any thought of like repenting and getting right with God. 
why are you even going to that church? Because you're walking away from the Lord in your own sin, and you're doing some what? Religious duty now? God never called you and me to religious duty. What he called us to is having a relationship with him. And the one thing that messes up that relationship is active sin in our life. Look, none of us are perfect. And we can all mess up here and mess up there. And, oh, God, forgive me. I can't believe what I just did. And God will forgive us. And we move on from that point. But if you're habitually living in some sort of sin in your life, it's like that is going to draw a separation between you and God. When you're going to a healthy church that teaches the Word of God, it's like, oh, my goodness. At that point, that's when you're convicted of things, and God allows you to repent and get right with Him. Because we don't want anything that's going to have separation between us and the Lord. So I invite you to Core Church Los Angeles. Are you somewhere here close in California? I mean, look, we're in L.A. You think, I don't go to L.A. for anything. Well, what if you're like 45 minutes to an hour away? Wouldn't it be worth driving in on a Sunday morning? You don't have all the L.A. traffic on Sunday morning. You can come to one of our three services. We have three services, one at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12.30 noon. You could come to one of our services, be fed, and that way you could really honor God with your life. Now, if you're going to a church that really teaches the Word, then you go to your pastor this Sunday and say, thank you for teaching the Word. Thank you that I'm growing in my relationship here. I'm only talking to those who maybe are not growing. And for all of our family that's listening on our 19 stations back on the East Coast, you know, you can watch our live services. Of course, you're three hours ahead, so you have to have three hours of those times. But you can watch our live services every single week by downloading our free app. Just go to the App Store and just put in Core Church Los Angeles. And by the way, for those of you that are on the East Coast, I'm just giving you a heads up. Are you ready for the heads up? Are you ready? June 12th, Sunday, I'm going to be in... Marlton, New Jersey, and I'm going to be speaking at Calvary Chapel of Marlton. So, hey, put that in your you know, hat there and think about it, because I'm going to be back there, and I'd like to meet you face-to-face. Well, anyway, with that said, getting back to our message here, you know, God wants us to stay totally open to Him and being in obedient to Him. And He wants us to take note of all the details of what it means to be a Christian. But anyway, uh, what appears then is that Moses had sent his wife away and the boys after that incident back to her parents so that he could stay focused on God's call on delivering the Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt. Well, the people had been delivered at this point. God's been victorious. Pharaoh is dead. The people have prospered. They just won their first battle against the Amalekites, and everything is looking great. And now they're headed for the promised land the land that God described as flowing with milk and honey. Now, word has gone out before them about all that God had done, probably through merchant traders going back and forth, you know, out of Egypt. Remember, that Egypt was the hub of all commerce. Egypt was a world-governing empire at this point before they got destroyed for enslaving God's people. People were going to and from from all the ends of the earth. So word would get around. Obviously, they didn't have the nightly news, and they wasn't trending on any Twitter accounts or anything. But news would get by through people just talking about what's happening here. And actually, good news travels really fast. And Jethro, of course, this is not the same Jethro from the the Beverly Hillbillies, although I could be dating myself with that. Anyway, moving on, but rather it's Zipporah's dad, Moses' wife's dad, in verse 1. 
had heard about all that God had done for Moses. And he wanted to bring his wife and his children out to see, obviously, her husband and their kids could see their dad again. And I'm sure Zipporah was missing Moses. Plus, it seemed like they left on a bad note, obviously, there in Exodus 4. So she was ready, like any wife would be, to get back together with her husband, along with their children being reunited with their father. Notice in verse 7, though, how Moses came out to meet them. Moses bowed down in respect to his father-in-law and gave him a kiss of greeting. Moses had a tremendous amount of respect for his father-in-law. Let's not forget, Moses has killed a guard in Egypt who was beating a Hebrew slave. So Moses had to run for his life. Moses was a fugitive. He was a man that was on the run. He didn't know where to turn. And it was Jethro who took him in. It was Jethro who employed him. It was Jethro that gave him one of his daughters for Moses to marry. And he showed Moses how to properly shepherd a flock. And he showed him how to make a living at it. And most importantly, Jethro, the Bible tells us, was the priest in Midian. Now, the Midianites as a whole were idol worshipers, but not Jethro. Jethro worshipped the one and only true God. And it was Jethro, without a doubt, that had a huge impact on helping Moses develop his relationship with the God of creation. And it's not a stretch by any means to think that Moses loved and embraced Jethro as his own father. For Moses was adopted as an infant, as you remember, by Pharaoh's daughter. He never knew his own birth father. And now Jethro, like a proud dad, is telling Moses, man, son, I've heard all about what God has done in and through you. And I'm sure Jethro had been praying daily for Moses and for him to come out and to meet with Moses, reuniting him with his family. That must have been a big deal. I mean, imagine what was going on through Jethro's head as he came over the last hill and seen for the first time the people of God spread out over an entire valley. Because you can be hearing about, oh yeah, God delivered so many people and whatever, but what does that even mean? What does it look like? Well, as you remember, God delivered, now this is how God counted it, 600,000 men that were over 20 years old, okay? So 20 and older, there was 600,000 men. We're not talking about their wives. There's probably 600,000 wives there, right? And then, you know, they didn't have birth control back then. They got like two, three, four, five, ten kids. I mean, who knows? I mean, oh my goodness. There could be two, three, four million people. So could you imagine hearing that God delivered all the Hebrews out of Egypt, and now they're traveling across the desert, some, who knows, three, four million people, and they're traveling, and all of a sudden you come over the rise and you look, I mean, what does that even look? like. That's like the entire population of Los Angeles just out there in the desert in tents. Like Jethro must have been like, I can't believe what God has done. Well, with that said, we're going to have to pick up this message again tomorrow. But right now, let me ask you something. I had mentioned earlier, you know, about really growing in our relationship with Christ. I also mentioned earlier about maybe those that have some kind of sin that's been just ongoing in their life. Well, the Bible says that God's hand isn't short that he can't reach us and his ears not dull that he can't hear us. But he says our sin makes a separation between him. So let me ask you just point blank. Do we have any prodigal sons and prodigal daughters listening right now? 
where you've got some active sin going on in your life and it's kind of messed everything up? It's stolen the joy right out of your soul? I mean, it's like, at what point do you just say, you know, it's not worth it? I want to get right with God. Maybe there's someone listening that's never really made a commitment to God. Maybe you've been part of a mainline denomination, but you've never really made a commitment to Jesus Christ to ask him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Listen, whether you're a prodigal son or daughter, or you're just part of a mainline denomination have never really personalized knowing Christ, I want to give you that opportunity to do that right now. But you have to ask him in. And if that's you and you want your sin forgiven, you want to know you're going to heaven, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I believe you died for me and rose again. Come into my life. Help me. Let me grow in you. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior. And be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Wow. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I want to send you a Bible and some materials to help you grow in this relationship with God. Like You might already have a Bible, but this one has like 50 pages on the up front just to talk about what it means to really know Him. So text me at 323-807-3255. That's 323-807-3255. I need your name and your address so I can mail you these materials. And may the Lord God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbur of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.